0: You'll never sell anything if you don't know who you're selling to. Find out how to design a customer avatar on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Design Pickle. Every custom drawing on my website came from the most affordable designers in the world at servemaster.com front slash pickle. Are you
1: tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green.
0: Now, here's your host. There's a good chance you've heard someone say this before. Today's lesson is a great example of me being a commodity. Lots of people talk about customer avatars, but most of us never do it. We're in the middle of reworking our customer avatar because my customer avatar is about three years old may turn out during this process my customer avatar is exactly the same but it's very possible that it's something totally different that my audience has changed my audience has grown the places like people find me are different as I talked about last week I built a recession group business which means I have about 12 different places where people find me so I can no longer say oh if someone found me they've read one of my books that's no longer true so we're modifying and we're growing too. and designing an avatar starts with number one who are you speaking to we want to really figure out who our message is for A common mistake, this is one of the biggest mistakes a new business makes, is going, it's for everyone. When you're for everyone, no one wants it. We have this fear, and this is kind of a cultural thing, and it comes from our passion, current passion with diversity, that thinking diversity is always good, saying, oh, I need everyone to feel welcome, but the problem is when everyone feels welcome, nobody feels special. And you're not actually excluding people. I can tell you for a fact that I have seen products where I'm specifically excluded, go, you know what, I might buy this. I recently saw an exercise program that was specifically for women, but I liked it. And I said, you know what? This might be a really good fit for me. So don't think that just because you're not specifically speaking to an individual, they, they're going to run away. Sometimes they will. You'll notice that I often exclude people under the age of 35. I very rarely create things or market to people that are younger than me. I have a few small tentacles in my business in that direction, but the majority of my audience is 40 or plus. It makes sense. I talk like a dad. I'm telling dad jokes. I'm living dad life. When I was 20, what I'm talking about now wouldn't have appealed to me. The messaging is different. If you don't know who you're speaking to, it's very hard. People use different language. People have different paradigms. People use different metaphors. People think about money in different way. People use different words. And so speaking to someone who's 20 and speaking to someone who's 40, you're gonna use different language. All of the words that mattered to me when I was in high school about weightlifting and strength, no one says them anymore. They're gone. We have new words. Only someone my age or older as far as i know talks about getting cut or getting ripped i know younger people they have some new cool words i'm out of it i'm not cool enough that's okay i work out every single day no longer trying to try and impress anyone but i live in perpetual fear of not being strong enough to help my kids and not living long enough to take care of them so even though i'm in that market i'm still doing the same things man every day every day my trainer has squats on my list he told me that it's different kinds of squats these are sumo squats these are chang squats these are counterbalance squats these are. One-arm squat thrusters. I'm like, you put another name at the end of it. It doesn't make it not a squat, but I guess you got to do squats if you want to live forever. That's what my trainer says. So you have to know who you're speaking to. Otherwise, you'll say things that aren't relevant or that make people feel not special. Specialists are so important. So an example of this is my son, my oldest son, when he was 18 months old, needed to have surgery. Do you think we went to a general surgeon? No, we went to someone who specializes in pediatric surgery, someone who'd done this surgery thousands of times because that's what you want. If you have a heart attack, you want to go to a heart specialist. If you're going through a divorce, you don't go to a real estate lawyer. We pay specialists more. We respond to specialist messages more. And this is what you need to understand. You are competing with specialists. If you send a general message, right? It's like a widespread message. You're firing a shotgun into the market. If someone else is shooting sniper fire at your ideal customer, they're going to get them kills. They're going to get them sales. They're going to get that message through. They're going to get heard. And you're going to get forgotten. So you absolutely need to know who you're speaking to because it will refine your message, it will increase how much people listen to it, and it will develop a sense of rapport. Everything I do is built around this core idea. I talked about branding my website a few episodes ago. My website is something people in their 20s do not like. The feedback I get from people under the age of 30 is, my website is not cool. I recently was running a test into a new market and we used some of the designs for my website where we were trying to appeal to people under the age of 30 and the message was not right. We redesigned some of the graphics, but not all of the graphics, and I know that that's what went wrong, and that's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings, okay? I understand that different markets need to see and hear different language and see different messaging, and that's okay. So we're going to rerun that test with modified graphics, with modified language to match that market, because we know it's a different avatar. So we learned our lesson. I haven't been in this market for about eight years, so I'm jumping back in, and so the first one I knew would be a test. Totally fine. These things happen. It's the only way to learn. When you're designing who you're speaking to, we're going to go through a process. And the first thing you want to determine is what are the goals and values of your avatar goals are what do they want to achieve? It can be as simple. They want to lose 20 pounds. They want to fit into their wedding dress. They want to go to their high school reunion and not be called the fat kid anymore. Or they want to go to their high school reunion. They don't want anyone to say what happened to you. Or it could be like me. They want to be able to play with their kids. They want to live longer. If you wrote an entire sales letter that I saw, it was all about looking good for your high school reunion It wouldn't resonate with me the same way. Hey, you need to connect with your kids. You need to be strong enough to play with your kids. You need to be strong and have healthy habits. Your kids will develop healthy habits. One of those resonates with me and one of them doesn't. But other people, the other message resonates. That's why you need to know who our avatar is. And so the goals are what they want to achieve. And values are things they believe or that they hold to. Like a value might be they would never take a supplement. I know we're mostly doing a fitness example today. I hope you can forgive me. This applies to any different market. Maybe they might have a value that says they would never do paid advertising or um, I have a friend who would never do a video course. Even with slides, he goes, I don't want him to hear my voice. So be it. <laughs> what can you do? It is what it is. So that can be a value. A value is something that uh, is a, it affects who they are and it affects their decision making. A value can be, I would never spend more than $100 on a training course. I have a friend who believes that anything under $5,000 probably isn't any good. <laughs> I don't have that belief, that's the opposite. But when he told me that, I was like, wow, I learned something. I didn't know people like that existed, but it's true. There are people who walk into a store and go, well, show me your most expensive. People that are wealthy and ultra-wealthy shop very differently. They have a different mindset. I don't want to work my way up from your cheapest to most expensive watch. Let's start with the one that's nuclear-powered and then work our way down. So knowing these things and writing these things down, and you can determine them. I talked uh previous episodes about uh, the book by Ryan Vec Ask. We'll put a link in the show notes and below this video. It's a great book that walks you through this process, how you can find out what your market wants and how you can run through this process. We want to know the questions. We, we want to know what we're trying to develop and we're trying to build. And this is how we can get there. So we want to know their goals and values. And second, we want to learn, where do they learn? Where do they absorb information? What is their source for the things they believe in the goals that they have? And this could be the books they read, the magazines they read, the blogs they read, the podcasts they listen to. Who are their heroes? Someone's hero, the person they want to be most like. Who do they want to learn from? Who's the person that they want to gain that knowledge from? Where are they learning from? People message me all the time with really... Strange messages about someone else they follow. Sometimes I'll get a message from someone that says, Oh, I followed this person. I didn't really like their product. I want to refund it. How do I do that? I'm like, why are you telling me that? Could someone they go, Oh, you interviewed this person in a podcast three years ago. And as yeah, but I don't, I don't have access to their bank account. It's just someone that I met once. Some of the people that I interview, I don't know that well. Some of the interviews that I have are real gets for me. My interview with Jordan Harbinger, he has a massive podcast. I would never be invited on his podcast. I talked to him about it because we've been friends for 10 years. He goes, Oh, All you got to do is be an admiral. Admiral and up is what he looks for. That's the level. Admiral, movie star, millionaire author. I said, okay, maybe someday I'll get there. But he appeared on my show. That's a big get. Knowing who someone's heroes are, who they're listening to will help you understand the way they think and the way they speak. And this can apply in any market. If someone's hero is Mr. Universe, it's very different than if their hero is the guy, kind of guy's on the cover of a men's health magazine. Men's health is a different body type. Both the people are in ma- great shape. One is very strong with massive, big looking muscles. And one of them is, mm, there's a little bit more leanness to it. And they're two different body types. Both are in excellent health. Or maybe the gurus you follow, you're a really big fan of like Magnus Magnuson and World's Strongest Man. I used to watch World's Strongest Man all the time when I was younger. I don't watch it as much anymore. But it's really fascinating watching some guy like rip a coin in half or throw a keg over a wall and if that's who you're interested in, there's only one skill that matters to you and that's pure strength. People that follow World's Strongest Man and go to strength gyms, and I used to train in a strength gym, they don't care how they look. Doesn't matter. They only care what they can do. Can I pull a Zeppelin with my teeth? It's a yes or no question. And you can't do that and focus on building your six pack. It's different. What types of events do they go to? Where do they meet other people? What type of conferences are they going to? This will tell you What type of messaging they're listening to. I'm very, very particular about the topic conferences I go to. I get invited to conferences all the time, usually as an attendee. I don't, I don't speak anymore because it's too much of a put out. I live too far away. And oftentimes the speakers are from all these companies that have, I have no interest in. I'm only interested in hearing from a number one. I'm not interested in hearing from someone who's head of marketing at a multi-billion dollar company because what they have to say is irrelevant to me because they are not like me. I'm a leader. My company might be small. I actually, uh, was filling out a form yesterday and I, Found out that I'm considered to be a medium-sized business now. Small businesses under 10 employees, now that I have 11, they go, oh, you're a medium-sized business. And I said, yay, I'm a winner. As something a revelation-free. I never thought of it that way. I still think I'm a small business. I think When I think of a medium-sized business, I think of 500 people, right? But this one particular chart was like that. And I said, okay, that's interesting. But the events I go to, because I only want to be at events where other entrepreneurs, I'll talk to an entrepreneur with no employees far longer than I would talk to someone who's vice president of a multi-billion dollar company. Because... We're not in the same world. We're not speaking the same language. We don't have the same goals. So those conferences, if you know what I'm going to, then you know a lot about me. You know how to speak to me. And you also want to have an area for other. Maybe they have other sources of information. Maybe there's someone who, uh, for example, everything they know about dating, they learn from a couple of specific movies, right? We've all seen that. Most of us have been on a date in our lives that reenacted a movie or television show we'd seen without, maybe without realizing it, it's subconscious, but if you look back, you go, wait a minute, I did see that in an episode of Seinfeld, or an episode of this TV show, or that TV show. Where people gain their information affects their paradigm. It affects the image and the lens, the prism through which they see the world. The next thing we wanna learn is demographics and psychographics. We wanna learn details, how their name, how old they are, what's their gender, what's their relationship status, do they have children, how old are their children? What is their occupation, how much money do they make? What's their education level? It may be important for you, depending upon what you do, to know about their politics and religion. Here's something really interesting. At least it's interesting to me. I know a lot of people in the survival space. I love the survival space. It's my favorite space to talk about because I like writing emails about zombie attacks and apocalypses and all sorts of things. Of course, the market right now is exploding because everyone thinks it's time to hide. So everyone's really in a survival mode. Survivalism is a super hot niche now, but I've always found it fascinating because I like to read science fiction books and I get to write science fiction when I'm writing those types of sales letters and those types of emails. It's very fun for me. And that's why you'll see in some of my examples, I talk about it. And it can be very important. So every time there's a lot of people in the early 2000s and in the teens built really big survival companies that were all about the Democrats are destroying America. Sorry to say anything political. Anyone who had a domain or a name that made it clear their political stance went out of business when a Republican was elected. But all of the companies that didn't, they just had like Stay Alive or survival company name that was generic, what they did was Copy and paste. They did a, co- they did, actually, they did a copy and replace. They did search for the word Obama and replaced it with the word Trump across their entire website. That's all they did. And they changed their advertising to the other side of the political spectrum. They didn't change anything else. I know these guys. I know exactly what they did. Their sales went up 14%. They were selling to a different customer at the other end of the political spectrum. So if you're in a market where politics specifically matter, I want you to think about that. They're selling to both sides. And the next time there's an election, you know what they're going to do? Change the name out again because that's all they have to do. They could do find or replace and change the word right with left, and then left with right, conservative with liberal, or whatever term you want to use, capitalist with socialist. They do a shift, and everyone who's president loses that election, which is half the population usually, they start buying stuff because they're convinced that this is the president who will bring about the apocalypse. And for the past 20 years, this has happened with basically every election. So you may be in a situation where the religion and politics of your audience matters. For me, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I could care less about your politics. I really don't, because I care about you. All I want is for people to listen to this podcast and go through my courses to succeed. That's it. That's the only thing I focus on. That's why I don't talk about religion or politics. It's irrelevant. Every once in a while, someone makes a guess and sends me a pretty extreme email. I've gotten emails from both sides of the political divide convinced that I'm on the other side and said, I'm not following you more because you said this. And I go, oh, okay, well, just because I talk about something doesn't mean it's a core belief. I was giving you guys an example of why you might need to know the politics of your audiences and most niches you won't. Next, we want to know the barriers and pain points. A pain point is what is their suffering? It can be, in Donnie Darko, they talk about moving away from pain and towards love, or maybe it's fear towards love. So are either moving away from something that hurts or towards something you need. Are they trying to cure their diabetes, right? Moving away from a problem, or they want to have a beach body. Same person on the same journey can have two different motivations. So the barrier could be, oh, I'm sorry, the the pain point can be anything. The pain point could be, I don't have enough money to eat this month, or I don't know if, how I'm going to pay the rent this month. That's a really big pain point. That's a legitimate pain point. Pain point can be, I don't know how to read. My son has that pain point. He's four years old, really wants to know how to read. Because lately my wife is really into epic movies and foreign languages with these big battle scenes and it's all subtitles. And he wants to know what's going on. Pretty reasonable. So he has that pain point. We all go through different pain points throughout our lives. They can be literal pain. Oh, I've got back pain, been there. So it's, the pain is the reason they're there. We have to know what their motivation is. And then the barriers is, what's standing between them and buying your product right now? Barrier could be, I don't trust websites. That's a barrier. I'm not allowed to make buying decisions without my wife. Most people, at least most of the couples that I talk to, it's a number. I'm not allowed to spend over this amount without talking to my partner. So it can be a different variation of that. I certainly have that relationship with my wife. I don't make big purchases without telling her. We don't. I don't have a car show up at the front of the house and go, surprise, I bought a car. I wouldn't do that. I tell her about pretty much every business expense, including internal business expenses, even though she doesn't work for my company or pay attention to it. I keep her in the loop so she knows where money is coming in and out and where it's going. But every family expense, absolutely. So anything, and if you're not sure what a barrier is, here's a great way to find out. You make it even easier. Ask people. I do that all the time. If you go through and read all my emails, sometimes they'll send you like, hey, I just told you about this course and you didn't buy it. Can you tell me why you didn't? What was missing? What did I do wrong? What were you looking for that wasn't there? And the answers are very illuminating. Sometimes you'll just go straight up can't afford it right now. Sometimes people say, Jonathan, I bought a bunch of your courses. Sometimes people say, I, I don't understand why I would need this thing. I don't have that problem. I have this problem. I read all of those emails. They're really helpful to me because I want to know if my audience has changed and I'm sending the wrong message. Because if you're focused on the pain point, your audience doesn't have. Here's an example. When I first started building Serve No Master, a significant portion of my audience was women who'd had their first child, didn't want to go back to work. They respond to very different language to a military officer who just put in their 20 years is entering the civilian world and not sure what to do with themselves, but they've been a leader for so long, they don't know how to be a follower. And they don't want to be a private contractor or a mercenary or a security guard or a bodyguard. They both might need the same course, but they need different language. They have different needs. They're a different type of person. If we don't know who we're talking to, we don't know the differences. We can send out the wrong language. And finally, we want to know the direct objections to buying. So barriers are things that are holding them back from achieving that success. Okay. The reason they haven't been able to take that action. Okay. I want to start a new business, but I don't know how. I'm not allowed to do things without my wife or my family's in a particular situation, whatever it is, right? These are the barriers to taking action. I wanna lose weight, but the barrier is I like to eat food that's bad for me. I'm guilty of that, believe me. I don't talk about it very much, but I'm on a really strict diet and it's hard for me to stay on it. I slip a little bit here and there, so that's a barrier. You may think that I'm bragging because I talk about having a personal trainer. I have a local trainer from my local area because I need one. Because the nearest doctor who's qualified or any good is two boats away, and right now we're not even allowed to go. We're not allowed to travel to there. I'd have to go through two sets of quarantines, 28 days, to get to my doctor, and even then, it'd be very hard to get to them because they're all busy with other stuff. So I have to take control of my personal health because of my decision to live in the middle of nowhere. There's pluses and minuses to everywhere. So a barrier can be they don't have access to something that they don't know how to. We lack knowledge, or that we don't have the resources. All of those could be barriers. And finally, we have objections to buying, which are more crystal clear. Rejectioning to buying can be as simple as, I don't think I have that problem. I don't think your program will work for me. I'm not tech savvy. I'm not really good at websites. I don't want to wait two weeks for DVDs to come in the mail. I get emails about that sometimes. I don't. I actually don't know how to do that. I mean, I understand how you can set up with a system, but I've never done that where I've converted my courses into a DVD that you can get in the mail. But every once in a while, I get someone who goes, oh, I wanted to buy your course, but I don't want to wait two weeks for DVDs to come. I'm like, it's instant delivery. It's a membership site, dude. That's why I say it in every sales page to make it clear. Because the last thing I want is for somebody to go, I never got the DVDs refund or chargeback. You didn't send me what I bought. I don't like disappointing people. So I try to be really clear up front with what they're getting. Once you know people's objections, you can answer them. If you listen to some of my lessons about writing sales letters or landing pages, some of the other episodes, I call them lessons because I'm giving you guys good teaching here. We can create bonuses that answer that specific objection. Some of my courses, I might say, oh, here's how you can succeed using this program without having to spend a bunch of time. Here's a shortcut. And that's a bonus because people go, I don't have a lot of time. They say, oh, I need to hire someone to help me on this program, but I don't have time to do that. I have a limited budget. Here's how to hire someone quickly on the cheap. That could be a bonus. A bonus for a fitness program. I mentioned this recently is I love the weight loss program. I love you. Give me all these recipes, but I struggle with going to the grocery store. If you go and try and create a a shopping list, it's hard. I don't want to do that. So if you go, oh, we have a pre-written shopping list for you. We have exactly what you need to buy every Monday so that you have food for the next seven days. Your recipes are in order because we also provide a bonus of a meal plan, so you're answering that objection. Or you can just answer the objection in your language by saying, this is delivered instantly. Then you don't have that objection, people don't buy it because it's not DVDs. So that information allows you, by knowing your avatar, you can communicate with a laser on your correct audience, you can have better messaging, better relationships, you'll get more replies to your email, and most importantly of all, you'll make more sales.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday.